everybody. Welcome to Camel Call Friday. We got a lot to talk about coming up on the show. We will talk softball with the new head softball coach, and we will talk uh, scheduling, different things going on. We record this a day early. I'll let you behind the curtain here, so make sure you check to see when the games and when the matches are going on. We'll tell you what we know coming up, but what we do know is this. And High Point, women's soccer, possibly last ever trip to Bowie's Creek for a while. Definitely last trip as a Big South team. The Campbell women's soccer team completed an undefeated September by pounding the Panthers. It was 4-0 at halftime, and that's what the final score was. I mean, think of the shot totals. 14-1. to We were walking over from San Volleyball to watch the soccer match, and it was that video board was lighting up every five minutes. Bayoto in the 11th minute, Liston in the 19th, Richards in the 25th. So the game's over, 25 minutes in. Great crowd with the men's soccer team and other athletes there in attendance. Good atmosphere. The orange smoke is a nice touch. I like that pregame. And then when you're scoring four goals a half, it's your, your dad was operating the scoreboard at an all-time rate. He was just pressing that button, putting the score on there. They looked really good. Wow. Evan Budrovich just just throwing the whole curtain up. We have to explain some things, some very, very, uh, very, very confused listeners right now. Number one, walking over from sound volleyball. We do not have a sand volleyball team, but um, those that know Evan, those that don't, he is uh, pretty much in every intramural um, event that there is. And, and he and a former friend of the Campbell Call and Tales from the Creek podcast, Preston Dodson, are former two-sport athlete and now director of financial aid was your partner for sand volleyball great team heather ireland the compliance director is our coach <laughs> yeah. so we have our team anyway but nice result for the sand volleyball team we're five and yes, oh okay. and then for the soccer team that ran there's the whole plug. month without a loss yeah yeah there, there's a plug also talking about um and again he got the job without any help from me but uh jerry haymeyer my father is the scoreboard operator at both women's and men's soccer not the video board but the timing and score of the scoreboard uh, he loves it. He has to be told sometime to stop cheering in the press box. But uh, my mom and dad uh, retired to this area, and my dad is the scoreboard operator. All right, on to Campbell Sports. As, my goodness, uh, the, the hurricane, of course, uh, we think of, you know, so many student-athletes have friends and family uh, in Florida. All reports that we've heard is all the friends and family are fine. We know many are not fine and without a home. And, of course, uh, as it comes up, we're going to get, thankfully, uh, more rain than the, than, than the terrible wind damage and the, and the storm surge and that. But it has, it has put some things on its ear. As we are taping this now uh, mid-Thursday afternoon, we do know that, uh, that Campbell football has been changed. It will be a noon start. Um, in addition to the noon start for Campbell football, that means volleyball, which will play at its regular time, 6 o'clock on Friday night. They'll be playing 4 o'clock on Saturday. They are still making a decision about what time men's soccer will play. That decision will be made Friday at 5 to see when it will play. And that'll depend on rain and how much comes on the field, no doubt. Yep, definitely. But let's get back to the women's soccer and and just a sensational run. Not only have they been winning, and again, they did not lose in September, and they only tied once. So they've been winning. They have, have let by just three goals in the months of September. This very good team is getting even better under head coach Jeff Gross. Well, Jeff Gross, he was Mr. Fanboy last night on Wednesday night, running into the stands, hyping everybody up, wearing his golf hat, yeah. getting energized. He's high-fiving all the teammates. Like That infectious energy is what this group needed. 
I, I always think about this when you lose in a championship to an opponent, that level of focus and intensity yep. when you play them next, they say every game's the same. It wasn't. Those girls mm-hmm. were more intense, yep. more passionate. The fans were on every touch for high point yelling and heckling. Like th- There was a reason they wanted to play that game. If they bring that intensity every night, They'll be fantastic. Yeah, and and for those that don't know, it has been Campbell and High Point in the finals of the Big South Conference Tournament in women's soccer the past two years. Campbell two years ago won it at High Point, and vice versa happened last year. So so just sensational. And you hope, I say, okay, High Point's not going to play. And look, other teams in the Big South, we understand if they might be sore for a little while. It happens to the other conference. We're going to the CAA. They're staying here. It would be awesome to see high point rivalries especially in those sports that have been so competitive like your soccer's if it stays there what a non-conference game that would be at the end of august to play high point every year you're trying to speak this into existence but i think i really really gardner webb high point Asheville, all these opponents that are in the state very easy non-conference matches oh it would be so much fun you know we're always talking about how hard it is and and it is we know behind the curtain again that that these coaches try to get a lot of opponents to come to Bowie's creek if you get these former conference opponents you have a relationship with, you have a rivalry with, boy, that would be uh, that would be some good fodder to fill up the, the, the non-conference schedule. We could call the new student section that's being named this week. That's true. You can vote online. Go Camels. Yep. Uh, but you could call it the Big South rivalry section yep. where they just pick on the other Big South schools. Because it, it'll take a minute to learn these new CAA rivalries. No doubt. No doubt. A lot of rivalry. Speaking of Big South, last year in the Big South, boy, volleyball remembered the fact that that they're a dominant power in the Big South last weekend going on the road, shutting out Gardner-Webb, winning a five-setter at Charleston Southern. And now some home cooking. Friday at 6, they'll take on Presbyterian. And Saturday at 4, they'll take on Winthrop. They're 2-0 in the conference. Did you see Melody Page's stat line? Unbelievable. Hits over 700 yeah. in two matches. Big South player of the week. Clearly should be. If you don't know volleyball, that's as good as it sounds. As good as it sounds. It's sensational. As a middle blocker, National average, best hitters in the country hit 450. That's the best in the country during the season. So she's nearly doubled that in one week. 19 kills in the five-set win. I mean, Ryan Mason, the assistant coach, said, Charles, so that's a trap game. And they won it. They avoided the trap. They got out of the Pirates' nest with a win. Or I guess it's the Buccaneer Dome, not the Pirates' nest. Yeah, but the buck, buck Dome. The Buck Dome. You get the point. So they're two It's not a dome. It's a very, very small gym. <laughs> it's a very, very small. Don't gym. be fooled by the name. Nothing yeah. against our, uh, our our good friends down at down at Charleston Southern. It is it is far from a dome. So they start two and zero in the conference. They welcome Winthrop, whose coach is now the athletic director Chuck Ray, so an interim head coach there, and Presbyterian that's always played Campbell tough. They actually played Campbell in the last hurricane on this campus. Remember, I had to film footage yep, of a no three doubt. setter, the third set played in the rec gym because the main gym lost the Transformers of power. So they went to the practice courts to finish out the match. Wow, I forgot about that. This year, I hope that's not the yep. case, but just some perspective of the last hurricane. Yeah. Core Arena, by the way, one of the places on campus that has a generator that will still have power in case stuff happens. Student Union, though, is, uh, is that place, well, a little bit more comfortable place to spread out. If you do live on campus, just one note, that is the area we want students to go to. That's if right. power goes out, if there's flooding issues, go to the Union It'll be fully stocked. they do have that ge- generator, and everything will be going. Exactly. Um, men's soccer, as we talked about, um, to be determined when and if they will play on Saturday as Winthrop comes to town. And then they'll go back out on the road, getting a tie down at USC Upstate. But again, coming off what was a, a win against a top 15th ranked team, they'll be fine as they 
as they round into form. And our uh, cross-country team, as we're taping this right now, getting ready to run down at the coast as they had things from this weekend um, mixed around as well. Yeah, let's see how that unfolds, especially by the coast with yep. rain. But let, I hope they Definitely. run. I just You yep. just never know. Yep, you never know. So as we look ahead to football, again, rescheduled from 6 to noon, you know, I hope like everybody else that, that, that this is a game that the rain stays away so the crowd can come to see. So it's a even playing field because this is going to be a really good game. NC Central is undefeated. This is their best record since it became a Division I program back in 2007. Not only that, but they beat by two touchdowns, NC A&T, to begin the season. NC A&T, Campbell picked to finish 1-2 in the Big South Conference, and they shellacked by Three scores, a New Hampshire team, if you don't know, they're in the CAA for football only, and they're a top 25-ranked team. They went up there and beat the heck out of them. This is a team receiving votes in the FCS polls. This is a good team coming to Bowie's Creek from Durham. Central is healthy. They're playing their best football. Their quarterback, Pee Wee Davius Richard, is fantastic. He's a dual threat, runs out of the pocket, can make plays in the pocket. He's Haj Malik Williams, but thicker. Right, so he's very strong, very physical. The nickname's Pee Wee, but he's six three and he's got some girth on him and can and can run almost as fast as Hodge. Clearly, the staff's witty with that nickname; like they yeah. understand how to make fun of him. But this team runs on a quarterback, and the same way Hodge leads our offense. Right, he's elusive against ECU on those touchdown drives. Really good at scrambling and dumping the ball off. This game, if it's not pouring rain like that Chicago Bear Forty Nine er yeah. game this year will be high-scoring and highly entertaining. It'll be interesting to see, even even if it is pouring rain. Remember, Campbell came into this year bragging about the fact that they had what they called the stable of backs. They, they truly feel that they have six guys that can run the ball. We've really only seen a couple of them. Um, Corey Rogers is a true freshman that has stepped up the depth chart. They got a couple of different guys that can run, so they feel that they're pretty well equipped if this does turn out to be a game that is going on during a tropical storm. We meet with the coaches each week to preview these games, and the Campbell coaching staff said, we need our offensive line to lean on people and dominate to win this game. So whether it's wet, windy, or 75 and sunny, as Justin Hare says, that'll be a good perk. If this O-line that's really big, really physical can dominate, they, they should do well. And this really sets up a, a final tune-up and a, and a very good tune-up for, for a Campbell three-game run at home that's going to tell a whole lot about the season. Look, there's the, there's only five games that you play in the Big South. You have Charleston Southern coming in next Saturday for homecoming, 4 o'clock. It's a Charleston Southern Remember team. the parade at noon? The parade at noon. Well, next week, you you just wait for our, for our homecoming <laughs> episode. Me and Evan just ticking off all of the oh, events gosh, that are going yeah. on. It's from sunrise it's, to sunset. And, folks, it's it, – it's awesome this year because you know we we are we are at the sometimes the 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 beck and call of what the schedule is, but the schedule just has to happen. That if there's a fall sport going on, it's going on. If there's a scrimmage going on, it's going on. So Friday and Saturday next week are going to be are going to be fantastic. I'm sure Evan will tell you all about it at at Campbell Edu on all the socials. But this is a Charleston Southern team that you felt like you've been better than the past couple of years. You haven't been able to be. Robert Morris comes in, a team picked to finish around uh, the, the, the bottom of the conference on October 15th. Finally back home, three home games. NC Central would be a big statement win. And then two games in the Big South Conference you have to have if you want to win the Big South Conference. It's a huge three weeks coming up. Well, the last time Campbell was at home, they looked dominant. They absolutely ran Citadel off the field, yep. a, a traditional opponent. 
if they can do well these next three weeks, one, it sets them up for league play. You start 2-0. and And then secondly, you have a winning record. You're playing confident in October. We've noted Campbell's record in November and October is not great. So you can change that with two wins to start October. And you get a great crowd this week. You get an amazing crowd for homecoming. And then fall break, there'll still be people around to watch them yeah. play, maybe go 2-0 and in the conference. So it's it's right in front of them. There really are no excuses. It's a very the, – the, the team has high expectations, you know, and, and every team says it has high expectations. But, but, but one of the things I've noticed that could state to this is a different Campbell football team is the fact that these guys after William & Mary on the road against a top 25 ranked team, a game that you are an underdog in, at ECU – an FBS team, pretty good this year, a, a, a game that you are a huge underdog in. After both those games, there were no moral victories, and there were a lot of things you could pick out that would be moral victories. And there were guys from the top to the bottom that were really upset, visibly upset, days later upset, because they believed and they thought that they should win both those games. That's important because there have been losing streaks in the past, right? And these teams have fallen into victim of their own failures. This team has not worried about, well, we lost a game. Woe is me. It's let's get back to work. Let's get to business. We're healthier than ever with the bye week. Yep. We feel rejuvenated and focused. And the way this Big South schedule plays out, it's kind of fascinating. Charleston and Robert Morris, those are games on paper. You have a chance to win and should do well. At Jackson State, you'll see what happens. A, a top 10 team, the Deion Sanders coaches, Shadur Sanders is a five-star that, All-American. That, that'll be fun in the middle of the But year. then the back third of the schedule, maybe yep. the three quote-unquote toughest teams. A&T has looked really good against NC Central a few yep. weeks back. Bryant took FIU to overtime and should have won the game. And that's on the road in Rhode Island. And then the barbecue bowl, Gardner-Webb yep. is slinging the football around at 400 yards a game passing. So the, the, the last three weeks are entertaining yep. for the playoffs. The next three weeks are entertaining to watch good Campbell football. I'm going to take it one game at a time. Nope. And you, you know, don't and, be a coach. And you know, don't who, be a coach. <laughs> and you know who else is uh, Trina Prater? She is uh, impressive. Wait till you wait till you hear her interview. Um, she has been a head coach before at the mid major level. She was a star at LSU. She's been a Power Five assistant, and and, and you can tell when we talk to her. We're talking softball when we come back after the break. This is Camel Call Friday. Campbell fans, I'm Christy Yarbrough with Remax United. Thinking about buying or selling or know someone who is? Let me help you make the right moves. It's important to work with the right agent with local knowledge and cutting edge experience. I can help ease the pains of the buying or selling process by guiding you through the steps. Whether it's connecting you with the right lender, home inspector, handyman for those undone projects, staging and prepping your home for sale, or helping you find the ideal home that fits your family's needs. Visit my website for more information information at christyy.remaxagent.com. Go Camels! They say a camel never gets lost in the desert. It always knows where to find something to eat and drink. With this in mind, join other Fighting Camel fans at the Kicking Camel Grill for exciting game day parties. Help cheer our team on to victory while watching the games on one of 10 televisions. Try some of the Camel's mouth-watering buffalo wings, a 12 taco platter, or North Carolina's own Brightleaf hot dogs. The Kicking Camel Grill, your oasis for great food and beverage.
Welcome back to Camel Call Friday. Joining me now, already in the midst of her fall practice season, she is in her first year with the Campbell Fighting Camels as head softball coach Trina Prater. And coach, first off, you have been here now for a couple of months. I know you really got thrown into it, had to had to hit the <laughs> ground running. What, what have these months been like for you and your staff? It's been busy, obviously, uh, coming in in July, kind of the peak of our recruiting um, season in the summertime. I'm trying to see the recruits that were verbally committed, try to still chase some other recruits, and then hire um, a coaching staff, which were kind of my top um, priorities, as, as well as trying to get um, to know the current players that were on the roster. Um, but things have settled down in August. Our director of ops um, uh, finally got here, and she was able to take off some of the workload of other things, and then now it's all things softball. So it's been fun. The kids have been fun. We're we were um, looking to play this weekend, but the hurricane changed those plans. So we'll be um, looking to open up uh, next week at NC State for our first fall game. Fall practice is important, no matter mm -hmm. if you've been at a school for 25 years. But I can imagine being here at the beginning. Is it a lot of evaluation in addition to practice? Yeah, and it's teaching um, different philosophies and maybe some of the things are similar to the previous staffs and some aren't so just trying to to really um we've been offensively focused um, a lot this fall um, and changing the style coach hill is um, a great offensive mind and so getting them to kind of buy into what she's teaching um you know it's taking time and they're getting it we're, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor and the process um it's it's been good. It's been fun to watch them grow, and then defensively as well, um, trying to increase the intensity, the passion, the focus um, on a daily basis. But the girls have been phenomenal um, on day-to-day, -day and, and they're growing together, so it's been fun to coach. Coach, tell me about this uh, coaching staff. Uh, amazing what you've put together and who mm -hmm. you have uh, thrown a net out and, and got to come <laughs> into to, to Bowie's Creek. Could you mm -hmm. brag on them a little bit for me? Oh, absolutely. Coach Aravalo, um, one of the next up-and-coming uh, pitching coach phenoms, um, been to the World Series twice as a player, um, coached under Patty Gasso, Elver at um, University of Oklahoma, um, and got to be under uh, Jen Rocha who is probably one of the top pitching coaches um, in the country. So to have her and her knowledge here in Bowie's Creek is, you know, a blessing. And um, the knowledge that she's going to give our pitchers and the way that she's going to be able to attack the hitters in conference, I'm excited to see. Um, but she's um, definitely was a great catch uh, for me to be able to get. And then we have uh, Coach Megan Hill, who came to us from Kennesaw State, who's just um, a good young mind. Um, on all things, defense, offense. Um, she was a strength and conditioning coach for her first five years of her career after college. Um, so she specializes in our conditioning program this year, trying to help out our strength coach. Um, so, you know, those two. And then I have a director of ops with Avery Guy, who um, came from Iowa. She's a former player of mine who's all things operations and is a very organized and strategic planner um, as well. Um, and then kind of our last person was Joy Milkowski, who's our player development coach, who's pretty much the saving grace of all things outside of the lines <laughs> <laughs> with um, the players. And she's definitely um, something we need, especially in the time that we're in with mental health and different things, but just um, developing their mindset, um, kind of being that sports psychology, bringing that piece to them um, on a daily basis. 
Well, that's really uh, interesting and great that you say that. I mean, I mean, you know as well as I do, 20 years ago, the director of player development was just a, a fancy name for an elevated volunteer assistant. But she is truly doing what her title says, and, and, and that's a great change, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. She's um, all things, like I said, from mental health um, to support, emotional support, to how do we strategize, how do we, we're making goals, or do our goals align with your capabilities? Um, are, is your vision too big for what you're willing to do, right? You're setting these goals. Are you willing to put in the work? Do you really know what it takes to be an All-American, to be able to hit 15 home runs? So she kind of breaks it down for them to see the big picture um, of things as well and on a daily basis kind of evaluates them on practice on how they react to different things, um, how they're receiving information from the coach and staff and helps them understand um, how to kind of bounce back from different adversities that they might face as well. And gosh, I would think that it is something that, as you know, is needed in in all level of sports and everywhere, but you know, baseball, softball, you fail two out of three times and you're still doing pretty good. So the, the mental aspect of the game, as you know, is maybe even more of a part of it than it is other sports. 100%. In this game, you fail uh, seven out of 10 times and you're still considered a good player, right? Twice as much as you succeed. And that's a hard concept to um, to kind of learn to accept, especially as a freshman um, coming in, and she's really helped with some of the transition of competing in different positions and things like that as well. Coach, I know the uh, one of the first times we met and, and, and I asked you, I said, hey, where were you before Iowa? Of course, the, the headline was you coming uh, to us from an unbelievable program in the Power Five, in the, in the Big Ten. And then mm-hmm. about five minutes later, I, I, I got to the end of your resume, and you're a young woman. So you, if, if you could, to tell everybody kind of where you've been and how your softball journey is done, because I think it even more rounds out the fact that we got a special one here in Bowie's Creek. Yeah, I've definitely been blessed in my career. Played at LSU and then straight out of college, went to uh, coach at George Washington University. Uh, my mother's twin sister passed away, and I went home for a couple years to be with her, and then I got back into it. Uh, ended up at the University of Maryland um, for two years. Uh, went to Mississippi Valley State for two years, and I became a head coach at 30 years old at Hampton University. I was there and for three years and led them to their first regional appearance. And then from there, University of Buffalo called. I was there for four years, won a MAC uh, regular season championship there. Um, then took a quality of life pivot down to uh, University of Central Florida in Orlando. <laughs> was there for a year. Um, was under uh, Renee Gillespie, who had been there, started that program. She was there for 18 years. So I thought she was never leaving. Um, and then uh, 11 months later, she got the call to Iowa and then asked me to go with her. Um, I was at Iowa for three years as an assistant. My last year, I was associate head coach there. And then Campbell called, and here I am. What do you love about being a head coach? Um, the, you know, coaching in general for me is the impact on the girls. I was, I had a phenomenal experience my four years at LSU, and then I stayed a fifth and did a, was a student coach. And I had two different coaching staffs. I um, played for Glenn Moore, who's the head coach at Baylor University now, and Yvette Girard, who's a Hall of Famer um, from LSU and Louisiana Lafayette. So what they gave me as a player is what kind of inspired me to go into coaching because I was originally a computer science major, and I switched over to kinesiology when I got the itch to coach. So for me, it's about the passion, the impact, and to create those positive experiences that I um, had as a student athlete. As a student athlete at LSU, now I know some of our, uh, our, our our listeners that are plugged into the Pac-12 might try to argue or whatever, but SEC softball 
is a different beast. It is softball. It is Power 5 softball. Mm-hmm. But, boy, it is in a class by itself. Just to describe playing in that atmosphere at such a great university at LSU. I loved it because I'm a person who feeds off of the fans. Like, I'm a passionate player, high energy. Um, I, I like all of the things that the Power Five brings from, you know, the student-athlete experience and the fans. Um, but y- there's no days off, and I think that's what made us great because being in the SEC, like any series, is just like a regional or a super regional, um, if you will, because one game could, could change the game. And back when I played, I'm back in 98 to 01, um, or 02, um, we were, it was just LSU, Alabama were the powerhouses back then. It was just us two competing in the SEC mm-hmm. and everybody else has kind of rise to the occasion. Um, but it was fun. It was a fun environment, everything in Baton Rouge, like there's tailgating for softball games and, you know, it's not just for football. So the, the fan experience, um, that, you know, the environment that they create for the student athletes, um, made it what it was. Um, tell me ab- about your philosophy as far as what are we going to see um, from your student athletes on the on, on the diamond um, when, when when we finally get to see them in the spring. Yeah, well, they're a competitive team. They know how to win. Uh, Coach McDonald did a phenomenal job of building this program over the last um, four years that she was here. So you're still going to see them compete. They're winners. They know how to win. They've been battle-tested. You're going to see them be passionate. They're going to play hard. They're going to compete. And, you know, they're going to play Campbell softball. It's not that we're coming in to change anything. We're coming in to build on what the other coaching staff – um, the foundation that they've laid, you know, two uh, consecutive Big South championships. Our, our goal is to leave the Big South on top, kind of how we came in. So um, that's kind of our philosophy. We're going to play with passion. We're going to play with purpose. And when obstacles come our way, we're going to persevere. As a head coach of, of, of Hampton and also up a little bit of a level um, in the in the MAC at Buffalo, you know what it takes to recruit and win at this level. So what does it take to recruit and win at this level? <laughs> Yeah, you got to be persistent. You got to be persistent. We're going to hear a lot of no's because being in the Power Five um, for that long, like my eye is for talent, right? I'm going to make them tell us no, and we're going to get kids that fit our program. We're going to get kids that want the um, small environment in the classroom. They want the, you know, student-teacher uh, relationship. Um, they're going to embody, you know, competitive mindset and want to be a part of a family. Um, Bowie's Creek is a special place. It's not for everybody, but the people who choose it are going to have great experiences here. Coach, and finally, um, tell me about about your family life and and in the very limited free time you have. Uh, <laughs> how is that spent with your family? Oh yeah, I have a three year old son. His name is Deuce Joel Prater, um, and then my husband Joe is also here with me. Joe is a twenty one year Navy vet. Um, and he's here. We live up in Fuquay, Verena, and uh, I, in the last two months, haven't had much free time, so there's not much that I get to do. <laughs> but um, my son spends a lot of time around the team and at you know different sporting events and things um, with me, and um, we've enjoyed our time so far. North Carolina um, has been good to us. Deuce, tell me about that name. That is Deuce. awesome. Yeah, Deuce is my little guy. So. Um, I actually um, had a miscarriage in 2015 with my first child, and so I just kind of in honor of that one, I gave Deuce, he's the second, so gave him that name. Um, it was going to be Joel Deuce, and then my dad and my husband were like, no, 
let's just call him Deuce. <laughs> Deuce, Deuce Joel sounds better than Joel Deuce. So we went with Deuce, and it's definitely fitting for his personality. And you said <laughs> three years old now? Yes, sir. He's uh, three and a half. He'll be four April 3rd. Okay. So, and, and again, this is the personal part of the podcast that I'll put in there because <laughs> I've got the microphone right now. Um, as you know, we've talked about uh, my rapidly growing family. Speaking of two, Deuce, I've got two <laughs> twins. They're 13 months old. So between one and three... What do I need to know? What do I need to do to survive? I'm writing uh, this down. It's on the job training every day, every kid, and you got twice as much of the fun. So I could just say good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, like I always like pray, like I want twins, I want twins, and I'm just thankful I didn't have twins because it's a lot, as you probably know. Times so, yeah. two. Well, we always joke that we don't know any better because these are our first and second, and mm. so that's the reason why yeah. we're surviving right yeah. now. We don't know any any yeah. better. <laughs> it's it's fun though it's fun and they bring you joy every day and give you energy so it has uh, been a treat coach thank you for the visit and thank you for being here yep thank you for having me that'll do it thank you that'll do it she already knows it that'll do it for a camel call friday we will be back monday with the live show from the county seat and next friday right here it's camel call friday thanks for listening